Hello and welcome. My name is Meredith Beeson. I'm the Director of State Affairs, welcoming you to this edition of State Snapshots. We're excited this week to have Steve Kranz, a state and local tax attorney and partner at McDermott, Will & Emery. So let's hop right into one of the hottest SALT topics out there. Steve, can you share a little bit about the provision that was included in the federal stimulus package, also known as the American Rescue Plan Act, that prohibited states from using federal funds to decrease taxes? Well, this this is really an unprecedented uh, infringement on state sovereignty, and, and Congress, you know, we're all we're all used to Congress putting restrictions on if you're if you're going to get highway trust fund dollars from the federal government, you have to have a speed limit that's set by the or follow the speed limit set by the federal government. So there there are you know lots of ways that Congress nudges the states down certain paths. This, though, the, the ARPA language that got added to the stimulus bill really at the last minute is uh, is amazing and shocking to state and local tax policymakers and taxpayers who work in the policy space. It, it As you said, it does prohibit states from using federal relief or federal stimulus dollars to pay for a tax cut at the state level. But the way that it gets there and the language that's used is so broad that we're concerned, and, and we're seeing this play out in state legislatures already, we're concerned that what it's really saying is states, if you cut taxes for anyone under any circumstance in the next three years, you're going to have to pay back to the federal government. You, the state, are going to have to pay back to the federal government stimulus dollars that you received as part of the COVID relief package. And so it, if there is a, you know, and, and we all understand Congress was trying to say, states, you can't take the stimulus dollars and give the wealthy individuals in your state a tax cut. But this prohibition would work if a, if a state had passed legislation to allow restaurants to keep 20% of sales tax dollars collected on prepared food to try to keep restaurants afloat in a COVID world, well, that's a tax cut. And it triggers this language in the federal bill, at least that's our view of, of the law, and says that the state can be required by the U.S. Treasury Department to pay back stimulus dollars to the federal government. That, that's just one example of kind of unintended consequences. And, and you think about all of the proactive legislation that GBA is working on, that, that we're working on on behalf of clients and coalitions, there are lots of bills out there that result in reductions of revenue to the state general fund. Anything, any law that reduces revenue is caught up in this federal preemption and could result in, in, in clawback of stimulus dollars by the federal government. It, the, the language even goes further than that. It, it clearly applies to legislative changes that result in the reduction of state revenue. It also applies to administrative action. So anything a Department of Revenue does, any guidance that it issues, any regulation that it issues, that narrows the tax base or results in less money coming into the, the state's coffers, runs afoul of the federal language. So. The, you know, the, there are already calls for Congress to fix this problem and narrow their preemption. Uh, there's also an effort to try to get the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, 
to narrow through interpretation of the impact of the language. Yellen did put out um, a response to state attorney generals who are, at least the Republican state attorney generals, are all on fire about this, and one of them's filed a lawsuit already. Um, and, and she tried to convince them that, don't worry, states can still cut taxes. But if you actually read the, what she put out, it says states can still cut taxes as long as they don't use the federal stimulus dollars to pay for them. And they pay for the tax cut in some other way, like raising taxes. So <laughs> I think what Yellen said, which is not new information, is if you're going to tax, if you're going to reduce taxes, that's fine as long as you increase them somewhere else. If you have a net loss of zero, you don't have a problem. Well, that's not how, how policy works, right? You, you don't always have a tax reduction bill partnered with a tax increase proposal. And, and we're, we're seeing the ramifications of this in the legislative sessions across the country because in some states, there are a few weeks left and state policymakers are afraid of doing anything that would cause them to lose their federal relief package, their federal dollars and have to pay it back. So even if ultimately the Treasury Secretary does produce meaningful guidance, we don't have it today. And every single day that goes by is, is a day where policymakers are afraid to do something. The, the normal ebb and flow of state tax policymaking has been frozen in its tracks. Thanks so much, Steve. We'll continue discussing this and other possible impacts of federal bills uh, on states in the coming weeks. Uh, just one thing for members, uh, we do have a state tax working group planned for next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you're not already plugged into this group, I really encourage you, whether you're government affairs or a state tax professional. Steve, I know you're very involved with the STAR partnership, which initially was focused on state tax policy after TCJA. Can you talk a little bit about how this group's priorities have pivoted both with the CARE Stimulus Act and some of the ongoing policy trends happening in the state tax space? The STAR partnership, it, it was it, originally it was the state tax after reform partnership. Now we've rebranded it. It's the state tax after reform and recession partnership. It's a coalition of about 25 multinationals that all came together after TCJA passed. The, you know, the initial set of goals for the group was really to work on 163J, guilty, repatriation under 965, trying to make sure that the changes in the TCJA, the states didn't result in a massive tax increase that was never intended at the state level. And the, the group has been quite effective at preventing states from the, the, a money grab following PCJA uh, and supporting efforts to carve out guilty and, and 965 and, and working with you guys on 63J. Um, the, the impact of COVID has really caused that group of companies to expand the scope. And you know, one of the things we're working on now is getting guidance from Secretary Yellen about the ARPA prohibition and what it means. And we submitted a letter, as you mentioned earlier, uh, asking for specific guidance one of the things that we don't think should be covered by that ARPA language is modifications to state corporate income tax codes that are simply conforming or decoupling from changes to the federal internal revenue code. I mean, that 
that's part of the normal ebb and flow process of state policy making that should be prevented by this silly stimulus language. So, uh, the, but on STAR itself, uh, it has taken up a broader set of issues and, and really is, uh, I think, serving a, an important role in the pro-growth uh, tax policy discussion that states are are having or should be having. You know, if you if you want to recover from a COVID recession, how do you do so? You don't you don't punish companies that will help your recovery. So the, the group um, does continue to work on TCJA issues, but there are a, a long set of issues that I think are now scope for it as well. Moving away from some of the conformity salt topics, let's talk a little bit about some emerging trends. Uh, Steve, you know, we've been hearing a lot about advertising taxes uh, sort of popping up in different states. Uh, a lot of eyes on Maryland as the legislature there overrode the um, veto of Governor Hogan on some of the advertising taxes at the beginning of the year. So give us a quick round robin update. What's going on in states as it relates to advertising and digital taxes? Sure. Well, the, the Maryland bill is the first of its kind, and the legislature is already considering pushing that off for a year. There's a bill going through in the last six days of session that we hope will make it a 2022 problem instead of a 2021 problem. We also have a lawsuit pending in federal court against the state of Maryland to challenge on constitutional and Internet Tax Freedom Act grounds the legitimacy of their effort to tax digital advertising. There are many, many compliance questions that people are struggling with, uh, in part because the bill has, or the law has no sourcing regime. Um, the state is also attempting to prohibit pass-through of the tax, which is a, a big issue for companies that want to pass through the 10% surcharge to their customers. So we'll see ultimately what ends up happening in Maryland. Uh, but Maryland has spurred other states to consider adopting the same thing. There's a proposal or a couple of proposals in Connecticut that seem to have some traction. Uh, New York has a proposal on the table and about six other states do as well. So very concerned that Maryland has triggered a trend nationwide. Uh, and it's a trend that's oddly fueled by politics on the right and the left. The, the left wants more money from big tech and the right is pissed off about big tech's treatment of the Trump administration. So uh, things are, <laughs> politics are, are converging at the state level uh, and leading both sides of the aisle to consider high tech taxation and, uh, and advertising tax is the, the first on the list. Yeah, these are definitely emerging in various states and will be cropping up probably continually, you know, throughout the year, especially since I do think many of the sessions who are regularly meeting at the first half of the year in the first quarter or two might come back for special sessions later on this year, especially after they tackle appropriating some of the federal funds coming down from ARP some of the potential tax changes coming down the pipeline at the federal level as part of the infrastructure package recently released last week. So a lot of action in the salt world and definitely going to be an interesting few years on state and local tax issues. I was just going to say I'm, I'm shocked at how busy we are already this year and, and the trend line does looks great for law firms and lobbyists, right? But um, for companies, 
concerned about tax policy, I'm very concerned. Yeah, thanks again, Steve. You've been uh, great to have on the GPA State Snapshots podcast, and we'll have you um, provide some updates this year again with members on our state tax working group. Uh, before we close it up, though, I do I'll, I'll always like to end with kind of a fun final question. Um, just curious about a GBA member product or service that you've used in the last month. Well, I like to I, I like to say I start my day and end my day with GBA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nestle Quick for breakfast and Anheuser Busch for for the end of the day. So. I'm I'm supporting the beverage portion of your membership. That's great. Well, way to I like that. Wake up with GBA and close your day with GBA. Very nice. Well, thank you again, Steve Kranz, from a partner at McDermott, Will and Emery. We really appreciate the time and joining us here on GBA State Snapshots. For members tuning in, we will have a state tax working group next week um, at our usual time on Wednesdays. So please reach out to me or check out some of our GBA email communication on how to get more involved. Thank you.